All right, well, God bless you tonight in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles and let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. That's where we will start, Hebrews chapter 10. And tonight, we're going to look at the subject matter, endure. Endure. That's what we're going to look at tonight, the subject matter of endurance. So we as believers want to live that life that Jesus Christ came to bring us. And in John 10.10, he said he came that we might have life and might have it more abundantly. And then Paul amped it up in Ephesians 3.20 when he said that God was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And so we want to live that life, but I believe tonight I can show you that you can't live that life without one defining quality, and that is endurance, the ability to endure. We are in a true spiritual competition. We have an opponent, we have an enemy, we have an adversary who wants to hinder the purposes of God. And one of the dynamic purposes of God is to bless his people. That's one of God's purposes. God wants to bless us, and the adversary wants to hinder that. And here's how he can hinder that, because everything we receive from God is not automatic. Have you noticed that? Everything we receive from him is not automatic. And sometimes what stands in our way is ourselves, because we don't understand the word, we don't believe in an aspect of the word, and so that stands in the way. Or the one that really stands in the way is the adversary. He wants to stand in the way. He wants to hinder. So here, look at Hebrews chapter 10, and we'll look at this thing called endurance for a little bit. Hebrews 10 verse 35 says, Cast not away therefore your confidence, which have great recompense of reward. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. You and I can't endure if we cast away our confidence in God. One of the ways we can endure is by having extreme confidence in what God says. So this is why he reminds us here, don't cast away your confidence in me. Verse 36, for you have need of what? Patience. And that word patience can also be translated endure or endurance. You have need of patience, of endurance, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the what? Promise. It says after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise because it may not come automatically or instantaneously. It can, but not all the time. So God says ye have need of patience. And notice what he says, need of patience. The word patience here means to be steadfast. It means to be constant. Or another way of defining it is steadfast waiting for. That's what it means to have this patience. Steadfast waiting for. And what are we steadfast waiting for? Well, according to that verse, we're waiting for the promise to come to pass. That's what we're to have our patience in. And then I love this section here in verse 36, for it says, For ye have need of patience. You have need of endurance. It is a need. It is not optional. 
right? Well, maybe I don't need no patience. No, that's not what the word says. It is, op- it is not optional. It is a need. It is a prerequisite. How about that? We are to have patience. Verse 37, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. That's God. God will come. God will deliver on his word. We heard that in manifestations. God will deliver on his word. Verse 38, it says, now the just, and this word just can also be translated the righteous. And who's that? That's you and I. Yes, you and I. We've been made righteous by the accomplished works of Jesus Christ. He says, now, right now in this moment, the just, the righteous shall absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt live by pistis, live by believing on the promises of God. So what are we supposed to live by? Believing. Believing. And believing what? The promises of God. We don't live by the news channel. We don't live by the culture and tradition. We are to live by believing the promises of God. Verse 38, let's read it again. Now the just shall live by believing, but in contrast to that, God says, if any man draw back, and that draw back is to shrink in fear. If any man draw back, then it says my soul, which is a great figure of speech, condescensio, where God is described in human form because God does not have a soul. God is spirit, the word says. Who has a soul? You and I do. And this soul deals with, uh, when it comes to a human being, their mind, their will, their personality, everything they are. God is communicating here to us. If any man draw back everything that I am as your father, he says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. God does not want us to shrink in fear. He does not want us to draw back. And when I look at this verse, I think of Moses leading the children of Israel to the Red Sea. And one of the things that God told Moses when they got there was like, tell the people to move where? Forward. Don't shrink back in fear. Yes, Pharaoh and his army are coming and they're coming to destroy, but I got you. You just need to move forward. And that's what God wants. God doesn't take pleasure when we shrink in fear. Verse 39. But in contrast to being the ones who shrink in fear. But we are not. And that we here deals with the just, the righteous. That's who we are, the righteous. We are not of them who draw back unto perdition. And this word perdition here means to have loss, ruin, or destruction. Now just think about that with Moses and the children of Israel. If they would have shrunk in fear, if they would have drawn back, what would have happened to them? They would have ran smack into perdition. They would have ran right into this loss, ruin, and destruction. They were to move forward. But we're not of those who draw back, the word says, unto this destruction, but of them that believe to the saving of the what? Soul. To the saving, to the making whole of your soul. The way you make your soul whole is to keep moving and keep enduring on the greatness of God's word. Look at 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. Why can we endure? Well, God's going to tell us why we can endure. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Great verse. We've read it before, and I keep coming back to it. Verse 20. Paul writes by revelation, For all 
That's all without exception. All the promises of God in him or in Christ are yea and in him what? Amen. Unto the glory of God by us. All the promises of God in Christ are yea, yes, and amen. That's why we can endure. We're enduring for something that's guaranteed to come to pass. Isn't that fantastic? That's why we are able to be, we can, we can actually endure through tough times. Now, here's a question for you. Who do we endure with? Well, number one, I think you have to endure with yourself, right? Anyone stumble? Anyone fall? Anyone make mistakes? Anyone misspeak? Anyone have a little doubt, a little hesitation from time to time? That's why you have to be able to endure with yourself. You have to have some long suffering with yourself because no one is perfect. No one is, imper is perfect. So you just remain steadfast, constant with yourself on the greatness of God's word. And then who else do we have to endure? We have to endure with others, including other believers. This isn't just enduring with unbelievers. We have to endure with each other. And here's why you have to endure with each other. Because if we want our relationships within this body of Christ to function, to grow, and to flourish, you're going to have to endure with each other. And if we don't uh, function, grow, flourish, if we don't endure with each other, guess, we'll not, guess what will not come to pass? The revelation of the mystery of God will not come to pass. Because didn't you hear me say before, this, this mystery that God has revealed through the Apostle Paul in these seven church epistles is a we thing. It is not just an I thing. It's us functioning together. We are much better together than we are when we're just alone by ourselves. So we need to endure with each other. Now here's a great demarcation I want to set that we have to realize. We are to endure through evil. We're not to endure with evil. See the difference? We endure through evil times or through tough times or through challenging situations, but we don't endure with evil. In other words, we don't just put up with it. Yes, we're born again believers, but we're not the world's welcome mat. Unbelievers and evil spirits are not just to wipe their feet on us and keep moving. That is not why we're here. But there will be challenges that you and I have to endure through. It may be some kind of sickness that you may have to endure through. It may be some kind of conflict in a relationship that you will have to endure through. But all the promises of God in Christ are yea and amen. That's what we can bring to every situation. So that's why we're able to endure. James, please. James chapter 5. James chapter 5. There's another great record here about endurance. God brings our memory back to a magnificent person here. In James 5. Would help if I would get there. I'm in Hebrews. You get there. <laughs> James 5. Look at verse 11. God says by revelation, Behold, we count them happy, which what? Endure. Endure. So that must be the mindset that we have to take on. It can't be, oh, this is so remorse and so heavy and so burdened. What if you think of the idea of enduring as a state of happiness? God says it right there. Behold, we count them happy which endure. 
Ye have heard of the patience or the endurance of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender what? Mercy. See, he reminds of what Job went through. Now, you know where Job started off, the adversary came in, racked in ruin, but Job had to endure through all those challenges. And at the end of the book of Job, what does it say God did for Job? He gave him double what he had before. See, sometimes we can't get the results or the blessing that we're looking for because we quit. We give up too soon. We got to go to the end. We have to endure. We have to be constant. We have to be steadfast. We have to have that patient waiting for God to bring things to pass because it's on his timetable. Isn't that fantastic? Look at Hebrews, where I was just at. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are come past about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. There's a great uh, understanding there. If you don't lay aside these things, you're not going to be able to endure. This is why God says to lay, let, the, let us lay them aside. And the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with what? Patience or endurance the race that is set before us. Life is not always a sprint. Sometimes life is compared to a marathon. You have to be able to endure through these challenging times. And God says to endure, to run with patience the race that is set before us. Now let's close here in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. And I want to go to this record as we close because one of the things that's been said about the believers in this time period, in this particular church, is they've been described as the model church, the prototype church. They were on board and on point with most of the things that Paul had already laid out. There was just one little thing missing in their, their believing package, and that was they needed more understanding around the hope of the return of Jesus Christ. So if you look at First and Second Thessalonians, Paul deals a lot with the cornerstone of the hope. But look at what Paul writes here about these believers, this model church, here in Second Thessalonians chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 2. Grace unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound or obligated to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet or adequate, because that your believing or faith groweth how? Exceedingly. Exceedingly. And that the charity, the love of God of every one of you all toward who? Each, Each other. other aboundeth. So did these believers have problems with believing or did they have problems with love? Nope. No, sir. They did not because God said by way of revelation that their believing grew exceedingly and they had love one toward another that abounded. Now watch what else he says about them in verse 4. So that we ourselves glory or boast in you in the churches of God for your patience, for your endurance and the believing and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye what? Endure. Isn't that fantastic? They had believing. They had love that was abounding towards one another. And Paul says, I talk about you. I talk about you believers to the other churches. 
Because he says, I boast, I boast in you in the churches of God for your endurance and pistis or believing and all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure. Isn't that fantastic? The model church here, they were the model church because they were believing God. They had great love for each other and they were the model church for their ability to endure persecutions and tribulations. And I tell you, they had some. You just read the record. They had some. So as we believe and as we love God and each other and as we endure, we will be the model believers in this day, time, and hour. And we will be the model church or the model fellowship in this day, time, and hour. Let's continue to stand on the word and let's continue to endure with the greatness of God's word. That's what I wanted to share with you. Bless you.